Hey there, and welcome to the Confident Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Brooks. Join me as I sit down and chat with co-hosts, friends, and carefully curated guests and talk about all the things that empower you to become your best and most confident self. So let's get started. All right, ladies, welcome back to another episode of the Confident Woman Podcast. So today we have with us Tara Marino. And Tara is the founder and CEO of Elegant Femme, a French clothing designer and a mentor for women returning to the truth of their souls worldwide. So, of course, we are going to have an incredible conversation. And I'm just super excited that we got a chance to connect. I know that sometimes it's a got to love technology, but you know what? This was all orchestrated in the perfect timing and the way we are here showing up and just going to hold that space to have an incredible, beautiful conversation. So I'd love to pass the mic to Tara. And if you want to just share a little bit more about you and, you know, all the incredible works that you're doing and just give our listeners a, you know, a glimpse into the life and the world of what the Elegant Femme is all about. Absolutely. My pleasure. So Rachel, thank you so much. And I do want to share with your audience that it took me 20 minutes to get my audio working. And your presence, your beauty, your space in just allowing that 20 minutes to unfold. Well, I was trying to figure out what's going on on my end just speaks volumes to who you are as a woman, the level of trust that you embody, and really the foundation of what it is you share in the vulnerability, the authenticity, and the faith that we can live the life that we were born to live. And we also don't have to force it and push it and squeeze it and, you know, that energy of making it happen. So I want to start by thanking you for your gorgeous grace. And of course, thank you for allowing me to be a guest on your beautiful podcast. So let's see where even to begin. I know you shared with me before we got going with the recording that storytelling is a big part of what you believe in and that we can hear the kind of end point. And it's never really the end point, right? But from a bio perspective of a woman's success mm-hmm. and where she is and, you know, look at them and think, oh my gosh, that's so far out of reach or that just feels impossible for me. And so I do agree with you in that sharing, sharing the journey, sharing the unfolding of where we all are, where we are is inspiration and is hope for all of us. So I'm happy to share. Is that okay for me to get into a little bit of the nitty-gritty? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So, and, and as I do share this, I would invite all of you that are listening to feel into your own story because every single one of us has a bio. Every single one of us could have somebody read back the story of our lives and we would be in awe, right? We'd be in awe of ourselves. Like, oh my gosh, who is that woman? I want to be her. And you are her. You are her. So whatever it is you've already grown through as we're here together during this time, I would just encourage you to receive that because it's from that appreciation and that compassion and that self-recognition that I believe we open to even more. So my real turning point of my journey was when I was 25 years old, pregnant with my firstborn son, Mason. I was so excited to be a mother. I can't even tell you. I had been asking the question since I was pretty young about why am I here? 
What am I supposed to do with my life? What is my purpose? And as soon as I was pregnant, I thought, oh, okay, God, it's all figured out. Now I don't have to think about it anymore. I'm going to be a mom. We're good. We're good. So I poured myself into this. And as faith would have it, my son Mason passed away at a week old from pneumonia. And he actually died in my arms. It was very poetic that he took his first breath and last breath with me. But I would say that it was anything but pretty in the beginning. I spiraled, as I think any one of us can imagine. It was a very dark time for me in my life. I was, I hated myself. I hated God. I hated the world. I felt betrayed in ways that I can't even express. Of course, I lost a a real child, and I also lost my identity. The answer of who I was and what I was going to be with my life disappeared. And so it was a full year of, again, really intense pain. I was drinking a bottle of wine at night. I was having Xanax and Ambien and anything I could to cope with just getting through. And it was about a year after he passed away, I was surrounded by lawyer papers because there was an opportunity to file a lawsuit. And I remember screaming, like, why me? You know, why me, God? And when we ask, we always get an answer to our questions. But I think we need to be much more aware of the questions that we're asking. So when I asked the question, why me? My Ego very quickly filled in the blanks of all the reasons why I should be being punished. That I had an abortion when I was 17 years old. That this anything that I had done in my life that might lead to this punishment is how I was interpreting it. And all of a sudden, everything got really quiet. And I heard this voice saying, stop asking why and start asking how. How are you going to allow this to affect the rest of your life? And really for me, the only thing that I could grasp onto in that moment is what kind of mother would Mason want me to be? And it was that tiny bit of hope. It was that tiny bit of recognition of my power, my power to choose from this point forward that changed everything for me. And that was actually the beginning of Elegant Femme. That was the very beginning of me creating a life that had meaning for me. So that's where it all started. Oh, wow. Just first want to thank you for just sharing, sharing your heart and the vulnerable stories. This is obviously still, you know, grief is, it carries with us our whole life. And I just want to thank you for that. And I'm so sorry for your loss. And I, and I, I do want to point out the, the question, how you had changed it from the why to the how. And when we can shift that, it gives us purpose and meaning. And that's what I think you are leading into. And as you shared, you know, this is what created the Elegant Femme. This is what the beauty and the transformation of what healing can be done. And and recognizing that and realizing that when you position that question as who is, you know, as Mason's mother, who do I need to be now? And so that gave you a new sense of purpose, a renewed sense of strength and healing. And as you're moving forward in this journey of what is life, you know, now, 
What does that look like for me? How does it feel? What what could be possible? And you know, you're you're moving through grief and and grief and loss. Oh my goodness, come in so many different, you know, color shapes and sizes. And and I could really feel what you feel on a different different scope. So I I would just want to throw that out there and just say I can really feel that because it can be something that turns us into a different direction. But when we can lean on not our own understanding, but finding that into the strength and we can overcome and heal. And so I'd love to learn a little bit more of that healing journey that led you into the creation of the work that you do and and why your your brand is so powerful, why your story is so powerful and the message that you want to just share. And and I know through the work that you're doing, this is this is something beyond you. And that's the beauty. A hundred percent. And I thank you. Thank you for that beautiful recognition. And I think it's such an important thing to to note in that everyone listening, you might ha- not have the same exact experience as me, but we all have that knowing of loss, of grace, grace of of having that experience that something completely out of our control in this context, right? We could go quite deeper on that conversation, but in this context. And that, that remembering that we do have a choice in the response to it. And it's that, just that touch and taste of that remembering is what I believe reactivates our power. That being said, it's still a journey through it. So the question that you're asking around the healing of it, it was so day by day. So I had a a freezer full of breast milk. I had been breastfeeding him. I had a pregnant body still. I had a C-section. So I hated my body. I didn't want to look down to see what was going on. I hid from everybody because every time I'd go to the grocery store, they would ask me, where's the baby? It was obvious I had just had a baby. So it was moving through literally sometimes second by second of considering, can I let myself take a shower today? Can I, you know, (laughs) wear lingerie? Now that might seem like a very silly, even distant conversation for a lot of us or maybe not. But for me, it was this idea that I could care for myself in the physical that really started to ground me in possibility. So I started having conversations with myself every day. I started journaling. And as I was journaling and sketching, because I did start sketching lingerie, a lot of people don't know that, but the femme types came to life while I was sketching lingerie. And I would sketch lingerie and say, oh, this is my indie. This is my indie. That's all I knew. I didn't even have the femme type name at that point. This is my indie. And I had lingerie that was soft and connected me with my being and connected me with my inner awareness of my self-worth and my value. And as I continued to journal, I brought up this aspect that I started calling the Frenchie, which had to do with pleasure and enjoyment and body image. And if I took a shower, I could feel like, okay, I've connected with my Frenchie today. And then over time, it was the New Yorker, which was the power and the prosperity. Like, what have I contributed to today? What am I working on in my life. And I want to be really cognizant as I even say the word working, because 
it's not working as much as we see in this idea of checking things off our to-do list or finding value in doing things. It was this sense of contribution and participation and experience in my life. So it was the indie, which is the being, the Frenchie, which is the enjoying, and the New Yorker, which started off with the doing, but has now transformed into the allowing so that we really have this, this discernment inside that it's not trying to make something happen, but it really is the courage to allow the experience we desire. So this was the healing process. I started connecting with my indie, my Frenchie, and my New Yorker every single day, and I felt so different. The days that I connected with all the femme types, I felt an alignment. I felt a reflection of my wholeness. I felt uh, a confidence. We can say that here. And women started asking me what I was doing. So I started initially coaching women who had lost children. And they would ask me, how are you? How did you get through this? How are you moving through? And I'd say, oh, I have the Indie, the Frenchie, the New Yorker. So I would start to teach them because I didn't know it was going to work for everybody else or anyone else. This was just mine. And from there, um, other women started to share that they were resonating with the femme types again because of what we said in the beginning, that things felt lost, that they might not have lost a child, but they lost their connection with life. They lost their connection with their power. They're, they lost their connection with their dream or their identity. And they were longing to live fully once again. And so now it has been 16 years. There are thousands and thousands of women all over the world who connect with their femme types daily. And it's been such a humbling experience because truthfully, the experience of Mason's death created the life of elegant femme. And it has become one of the greatest gifts of my life. Wow. That's, I, I love that you share all that because, you know, as you're sharing pieces of your healing journey, you're, you're rediscovering and becoming this version in each of these different phases. And I love that you brought this in as your, you know, with the work that you do. And you said, wow, this wasn't just for me. This is a gift I get to share with others. And when you put yourself out there and we're sharing it with those other women, the response was saying, yes, this is needed. The work is needed. And it gave you a new profound sense of, of purpose mm -hmm. and something now that guided you into, you know, more or less like the higher calling in the service place. And I love the femme types because I'm jotting them down. I'm like, oh, I can relate to like all of those in different phases of my own life. And it's like, you know, the beauty of that is it's like this this gift we call life, it really is a journey. And I don't think that anyone has ever arrived. So I love that you were so, you know, just the authenticity there of sharing these pieces because you had to shed and become and shed and become. And now you get to fully step into this version that you created. And why I share that is because I can definitely relate. That was my story of how the confident woman came about. It was a journey. And as I started to uncover and discover and start unfolding and unraveling and all those things, it was about becoming. And I said, what is this becoming? What is this thing that I feel inside? And that little whisper said, that's the confidence that you sought, that you thought everyone else had it, but you. And I said, wow. So that's what confidence is. Hmm. And as I sat on that, I remember this was about like, 
probably six, seven years ago, and I was jotting out in my journal as well, because I love journaling. It's just an escape to release, you know, so much of what we carry. And I said, well, what is this? And that whisper said, the confident woman. And I was like, what? What is, what is that? And it was the journey of uncovering. So I love, you know, how we can share pieces of our story into the work that we do, because the work is a reflection of of us, their pieces and facets and the shards sometimes and the the little pieces that we say, well, that's not important. And we pick them up and we carry them forward. And how much I can relate to this. So I I mean I can get like all into it, but but yeah, let's just we'll save that. But you know, as you're moving through this journey and you know, elegant femme is taking shape and you're moving forward into design and you're going through this this you know, newfound sense of purpose and identity. And you're like, wow, what is next? So are you asking me what was next from there? Yeah, just kind of or... the journey. How does the journey yeah. continue? Because I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by both. You know, obviously you yeah. as the individual, the story and the work, but it all came from something. And, and I love the backstory of it. So how did you know, once we kind of got through the the coaching aspect, these pieces that, you know, from the indie to the Frenchie to the New Yorker, all part of your brand, the elegant woman and elegant femme. And so it's all falling into the work that you do to empower these women to reclaim some of that power for themselves, recognize their identity and step fully into this version of who they are. Yeah, absolutely. So I think what's really important to mention, and I can tell that this is, I feel that this is your journey as well, is that the Femme Types and Elegant Femme was not created from some marketing idea. I often will have women come to me and say, well, can you help me create something like the Femme Types? It's been so successful. And that is not where it came from. This was a deep, extraordinary healing journey that supported me and changed my entire life. So everything from that moment, the the sharing it wasn't meant to be a business initially. You know, it was my own, my own life. And this word of mouth of women asking me if I could teach them the femme types and creating, beginning you know, one-on-one coaching to moving into programs to having high-level masterminds to then moving to France, which was my dream since I was a little girl. And once I moved to France, which I was told by so many people, don't do it. You're going to be living in euros and making money in dollars and your clients all live on the West Coast. It will never work. And Elegant Femme grew by 500% within six months of us moving wow. to France. And for me, this is a beautiful reflection for all of us that when we live into our desires, you know, it, it, you can't help but notice it. It's such a point of, I don't even want to say magnetism because I feel it's a little bit, it's much, much higher vibration than than that. It's a natural expression of who we are and people notice and they want that because they want that for themselves. So moved to France with my husband and my two boys. And after living in the French Alps for three years, we then, I went to fashion school because that was my other dream. Got my fashion degree, moved to Paris with my boys and my husband and started a fashion line based on the femme types. Our very first fashion show was in Paris. We've had two catwalks on the runway and it was the embodiment of the femme types. So beauty redefined and we got a standing ovation from the Parisian press. So 
I, I mean, it's just been this one unfolding after another. And I, I continue to every single day live into my fem types. We now are in North Carolina in the Outer Banks, where my husband's dream was to build a beach house. And our youngest is graduating this year. And then we'll be sailing around the world. Just my husband and I, it's just crazy to even think of. But I think it's important for everyone to recognize, like what we were saying in the beginning, we all have a story. It's it's worthwhile to look back at everything that you've lived through up until this point and celebrate who you are. Like I, I hear what you're saying around the becoming. For me, the way that I see it and what has served me the most on my journey is, is the awareness of the being and the remembering. I feel that we already are that woman. It's the uncovering of her. So it's not a reach or making something happen or feeling like we need to become someone other than who we are. For me, it's a deep unfolding of, I already am her. Yeah. And how can I trust myself to allow the depth of my desires and my sensuality to call me forward and to the deepest expression of who I already am? Mm. So powerful. And, you know, for a little bit of context and, and backstory, my, for me, I, I had, I published a book. It's called Chasing Perfection, A Journey mm -hmm. to Healing, Fitness, and Self-Love. And so that is a story within itself. And this was completely like divinely inspired. But I had just, you know, after the, the tragic loss of my, my brother, I just, you know, I was already kind of on a shaky ground at this point. And when he had passed, I, I was just, I lost everything because he was like my world. And during that journey, I, I had to ask myself, is this really the, the sister he wants to be proud of and yeah. be left behind? And so I took that as, you know, what is my purpose? And I really tried to figure that out on my own because it's like when we're trying to force it or find it, it doesn't work. And so it took, you know, a lot of my own undoing of, you know, to share the whole story, you know, not just of the, the loss, but the journey of my own my own relationship with myself. I struggled with body dysmorphia, eating disorders. I absolutely just hated myself to the core. And then his loss was just like the, the crumbling of everything inside. And so I had turned to, at this point, you know, health and fitness as a way for me to like control and manipulate my body that I felt I had such a disconnect from. And in this journey of unfolding and transforming, it was this new profound meaning of who I am, because those were the questions that I would ask is, who am I? What is my purpose? And why am I here? And so when I kept looking externally to find those things, that's where I couldn't find them because it was up for me to discover them and start becoming this, this version of who I am inside. So it's like, as you said, it's all in there. Sometimes yeah. it's just buried between or behind all the things that we have pushed back, our traumas, our dramas, our loss, our grief, societal pressures, norms, those things. And it's like we lose who we are in that identity. And in that, in that journey for myself, when somebody would ask me, well, who are you? I would spit off with all the things, oh, I'm not this, or I suck at that, or you know, all the negative stuff. And so through my own transformation journey, I started to reconfigure and rewrite that narrative for myself. And so now when somebody asks who I am, I have a, a very confident and, and powerful response for that because that's actually who I am inside, which inspired me to start my athletic line. So as a designer, not, nowhere near a designer like you, 
but I would design sketches of, a, of workout apparel and athleisure wear that I would want to wear as a representation of who I am. I wanted the affirmation and reassurance and, and validation to know that I'm created with, on, and for a purpose. And my identity is so strong and so rooted in who I am. So started an athletic align. And so as I'm in this journey of becoming this new version of me, this I am very strong, confident, powerful, that's where the confident woman came in because I was like, what is all this? This is incredible. I, I need this. I want this. And I'm like, and I want to give it all away because I was just living this life of abundance that was so, so in me that was buried and I didn't have an outlet until I found myself. And so mm. I, I think, you know, the relatability in these, you know, obviously two different parallels here, but the journey, the, the questions we ask ourselves, the experiences we all go through, the wonderment, mm. the, the, you know, who am I and the crying and the loss and the, all the stuff that's in between. And so going back to our beginning part where, you know, before we even hit record is about, yes, reading those bios. We can say that we're all these things, but yet there is a hot mess and a journey that led us to where we're at today. And we've never arrived. It's a continuation. And that's the, the, what we, you know, for who we stand for as the confident woman is that confident woman is kind of the, we're shooting for her, right? That's the goal is to become this confident version of who you already are, but you don't know it or had already experienced it but had been broken in your identity, you've got lost along the way. And so that's the journey of self-discovery and the journey of stepping fully into who you're created to be. And I just love that we can, you know, provide a space like this and have these conversations and talk about the ups and downs because that's the reality of life. It's not, you can't get a glimpse of someone's life and say you know them through, you know, Instagram or reading the bios. But it's about the connection and the vulnerability and the conversations that we can go to depths and talk about the things that have really inspired us throughout our journeys. So I just want to thank you for, for allowing me to share that with you as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so much. Yeah, so much appreciation and love for what it is that you've grown through and gone through and the choices that you've made to be where you are today with all of it and just you know, sending your family so much love for that experience because it is, it's a lot. It's yeah. a lot to experience that. Yeah. Thank you. And I know that obviously we are both ambitious go-getting women. And so I know that hustle has been a word that has kind of been a part of our lives and, and you know, the false identity thinking we have to hustle hard to to prove our worth, to achieve, to be valued. And I'd love to hear your take on that as well, because I know that, you know, you, you had in your journey, that was a part of it. And you're like, it's not about the hustle. What if it's about? And so I'd love for your sharing. Yeah, absolutely. I think that from a very young age that we, we can get addicted to the hustle energy. We can get addicted to the idea that if we control our external circumstances, then we'll be safe, then we'll be protected. And if we want something, then we have to go for it and we have to make it happen. And if it's not happening, then we just have to work harder. And we have a tendency to attach our self-value and our self-worth to how much we do, to how busy we are, to how hard it was with the illusion that it's somehow more valuable, it makes us more special, it makes us more important. 
it makes it okay then for us to receive our desires because we've worked so hard for it because, you know, and this is just not only is it illusion, but it's exhausting. It's overwhelming. It's the entire frequency is based on the competitive field, not the creative field, right? If we take a note from Wallace Waddles, speaks a lot about the creative versus the competitive field. And when we live into creation, we learn that the hustle energy actually is a wasteful energy. It doesn't save us time. So when I have my clients say to me, well, I don't have the time to meditate. How is it that you're meditating every day? Like, I don't have the time not to. Me connecting with my source, me slowing down, although it looks like on the physical world that this might take time or slowing down might, might lose time. It's actually the exact opposite. When we come from that foundation of awareness, of inner knowing, of deep listening, the amount of things that open up for us in the spiritual world and in the physical world are things that we cannot co-create on our own. So when we are in that addiction of hustle energy, we don't hear the whisper. We don't see the unfolding. We don't feel that intuition that comes like from what we would call inside of the indie, which is the femtech that supports us with the capacity to receive. We miss that. We miss that. We're not available to it. So I think that especially now there's a turning point away from the hustle energy. There's an awareness that I think a lot of women are having that their nervous systems are suffering, that this idea that the busier they are, the more successful they are, the more valuable they are is really slipping away. And that there's a, a feminine current of the value in receiving, the value in listening, the value in being available for more easily without feeling like we need to prove that it's okay that we receive what we desire. Mm -hmm. Yes, I, I I couldn't agree more with you on that. And, you know, sometimes it's like we don't realize it. I mean, if I was chasing perfection, it doesn't exist. I know that. But yet, logically, it made sense. But in my heart, it was like the same sense. You know, it's a hustle. It's like, but I have something to prove. What if I could do this? What if I, and it was that constant chasing that mm -hmm. had just led me to complete burnout, exhaustion, just you know, and, and I was trying so hard to make something of a big mess in my life, but also trying to heal and, and grieve. And it was such a, I, I guess it was, it was unattainable. I knew that, but yet I had something that drive in me that said, you're, you're made for more. There's something more out there. And I had to go chase after it and go find it. And, you know, not to get into the whole story of it because there's so much behind it, but it's like, what happens when we logically know that, right? So we, we know, but then our heart's desires are telling us something different. And then that becomes a disconnect where it's like we lose ourselves in a piece of our soul identity and trying to achieve the external while our internal is still trying to keep that harmony and knowing that there's this peace that we're longing for. I think, can, can you agree or can you kind of relate to some of that? Would you say that was similar in your case as well? I think that, you know, the idea that somehow we can create the perfect external circumstance to protect ourselves 
so that we will be safe, so that we won't experience pain, so that everyone will like us, so that we won't be criticized. This is such, again, a temptation for us to put all our energy towards this. And I think it comes from something that we brought about in the beginning, the vulnerability to let go of the external control. First of all, realizing that you don't have it anyway. Second of all, really realizing, you know, there's, and maybe, I mean, I know I've said this before. I know my clients have said it before. Just this idea that I want my external to reflect my internal. And it's like, hey, guess what? It does already. It always does. It always does. Always, always, always. So I guess if we're saying I want my internal, my external to reflect my internal, that's a moment to say, okay, well, if our external isn't looking the way that we desire it to look, it's because our internal is confused. It's off. It's misdirected. We're putting energy in the wrong direction. So it takes a lot of courage to remember that. It takes a lot of courage to let go of the external, of the squeezing, of the idea that we could somehow create a perfect life externally so that we feel safe internally. It's the courage to let go of that and know that the only way we're going to feel safe or creative or powerful or beautiful or sensual or abundant is from the inside. And it sounds so cliche, but it is the truth. And it's the only way that we will ever feel that that sense of completeness that we have a tendency to seek everywhere else but where it is. Which is inside. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's the journey back to you. It's like, you know, it's sometimes you go around multiple times (laughs) for sure. And and it's, you know, the irony of that is that sometimes the the same lessons appear in just different seasons of your life. And yeah, and, you know, and it's like but this time, you know, it it gets I would say that it gets easier to recognize it as you go. You're like, ah, there it is. Okay, Mm. we got to do a turnaround. This isn't where I'm headed. This isn't where you know, I'm called to be. And, you know, I could, oh my goodness, you you said it so elegantly, elegantly too, is because it's about that inner, right? So one of the things I heard early on in my, in my journey too, was like, you can't compare others. You can't compare the others outside to your inside. So what you're feeling inside is a longing for something different, but you're looking externally to think that you can achieve it. And when I had heard that, I was like, wow, how deep that really hit home because I was like, yeah, because I know what I want inside and I'm seeing other people accomplish, achieve, do, have, whatever that is. And it takes on that notion where it's like, well, if you want that, you have to, you know, work hard and do all these things. But it was like that concept of the do to have, and then you can be happy. And I was Mm -hmm. like, I was following that because that's what was kind of preached. Like, you want that life? You can have that life. You just got to do X, Y, and Z. Then you can have that and you'll feel happy. You'll feel loved. You'll feel all these things. And that was my external chase at this perfect scenario. I wanted the perfect body, the perfect life, the perfect work, the perfect everything. Because I was longing for that contentment, that peace, that love, the acceptance, the validity. And, you know, when I started rewriting my story, like, changing the narrative, the language I would use speaking to and about myself, it now flipped everything on the head. Because like when I was able to do it once, I was able to do it again multiple times. So everything now, I flipped the script. And I said, well, what if I can be the person that I can have the life that I want and do the work or the vocation 
and still feel whole and complete? What if that could be possible? And so I started asking myself those questions and I didn't realize it at the time, but as I'm asking these questions, I'm actually in the midst of the doing, like the transforming, mm-hmm. not the, the work mm-hmm. part of the doing. Mm-hmm. And I started looking back and one of the one of my favorite quotes by C.S. Lewis is day by day, nothing changes. But when you look back, not hold on day by day, nothing changes. But when you look back, everything has changed. And it's mm-hmm. like, wow, because in the moment, the day to day, you don't see the progress. You don't see the transformation. You don't see the growth. But when you look back, you're like, wow, you have a new profound sense of self and appreciation mm-hmm. and love and compassion and empathy and yeah. all those things that we're longing for. So, you know, for our listeners, it's really about giving yourself grace, giving yourself the permission to keep going, even though it's hard, even though it feels like you're not even making progress and you're still in this tunnel of darkness or, you know, whatever's around you. But the the easiest way to get through something is to keep moving forward and through that forward motion and through that forward progress you can look back and say wow look how far i've come i'm so proud of the woman that at one point didn't even know if there was hope or life for her mm-hmm. and now you get to be that testament of your own transformational story and give back hope and life to others as well and that is a beautiful gift so i think you know as we kind of come to a close in in our conversation, we start wrapping things up and looking back at that. And I think that we can look at it as the the lessons and the blessings of all the mess and all the heartache and all the pain and loss and grief and everything that we've come through to realize that there's always a silver lining. There's always something good. And that's just my outlook on life. And I know sometimes people are like, yeah, that's all well and good, but you don't know what I'm going through keep going through it. You'll see. And I'd love to hear your perspective on that as well. Well, it's so true. It's so true. And that's the choice that we have. You know, the things are going to occur, whatever the things are, they are going to occur. And if we can have even just a a slight feeling inside of trusting life and feeling into what if there's something greater occurring here than I can possibly see in this moment, what if this is being divinely orchestrated for me, truly? Mm-hmm. And again, you and I have both had extraordinary losses. Everyone listening has had an extraordinary loss. And I know in the midst of that, it feels impossible to know what that is. And it might not even matter what it is. It's just the possibility inside of what if, what if there is something unfolding here that's for me? Can I, can I consider that? Can I choose to love myself through this can i can i choose to consider my wholeness my beauty my power in the midst of all of this without being overly attached to the why something happened or to even the who you're going to be on the other side of it just the considering that there's beauty in it and can you honor that for yourself Whatever it might be, because we're all at different points inside of the unfolding. Some people listening might be in the depth of of a dark journey, of an intensity, of some sort of loss. And some people might be midway through on the other side. And some of you listening might be like in the ecstasy of, of your life right now and feeling how much you love your life. And so we're all at different points. No matter where you are asking, 
what if I can allow more beauty? What if I can allow myself to see more of my wholeness? And what are my desires from here? Again, like I shared, just getting in the shower was a huge deal for me at one point in my life. So gifting ourselves the opportunity to live through whatever it is we're going through, not just to survive through it, not just to through it, which sometimes we feel like we need to do, but to actually live, live through it. Mm-hmm. That's where the power comes from. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. So I just want to thank you for, for sharing that. And I know that people are probably going to, you know, like, I want more, right? Because I mean, this, I'm like, I could talk about this, like, because it's so, it's so near and dear to me, because it's like, you know, the journey of life filled with ebbs and flows, ups and downs. And as we're going through this, that that confidence is the reassurance that you've overcome so much in life. And when you don't feel like you have enough strength to keep going, sometimes it's just resting, like giving yourself the permission mm. to not to not do anything at all. Not yeah. even move. Just give yourself that space to just be. Just be whatever that is. There'll be a time for the doing. Right. Yeah. I mean, we say inside of Elegant Femme that rest is an aligned action. Yeah. And I really, truly believe that. I mean, sometimes we feel like we have to do in order to heal. And it's not about that at all. It is the allowing, the resting, the receiving. Exactly. And as you're going through your journey, those listening, you know, it's this, you have the, the confidence to keep going because look back at what you've already gone through. You have so much strength, courage, confidence within you. And it's just, again, sometimes that rest before you can learn to crawl, before you can stand, before you can walk, before you can run. And there's a season and a time for this. And so I, I would love for you, Kara, if you can share a little bit about how people can connect with you, some of the incredible works that you have going on. I know that with the, you've talked about the femme types and the elegant femme and everything. So just share all the good stuff that you got going on with our listeners. Yeah. Well, really, the best way to connect is the beginning journey of the fem types. And we have something called the fem design assessment, which is a quiz. It takes like 60 seconds to support women in identifying which fem type they are predominantly operating in, which gives us gorgeous feedback. Because again, as women, we typically have difficulty receiving support. So we tend to latch on to one fem type, which we feel safe in, which there's nothing wrong with this. It's just limited. So this quiz will give you feedback to let you know which two femme types you're not receiving the support from so that you can feel into your fullness. And it's like receiving sacred, secret gems of power inside that we don't realize we have access to. So the quiz is beautiful. It's fun. It's easy. And every woman will get a complete report of which femme type she's operating in and how she can utilize the other two for a higher level support around prosperity, around pleasure, and around abundance. Yes. Okay. So how can we how can we access that? Where do we go? Yeah. So we've made a, a special link for your audience. It's going to be elegantfemme.com forward slash RB for Rachel Brooks. So elegantfemme.com forward slash RB. And everyone can go there and get all that information. And then, of course, we have Instagram, Tara Ann Marino, and elegantfemme.es are the two places you can find us. Oh my goodness. Of course. So all of that will be in the show notes. So be sure to follow along with Tara. Take advantage of the femme types. And if you're curious to share, share them with Tara or share them. Yeah. With, yeah. It's like, we want to know. Share them in the confident <laughs> woman community group. Like, 
hello, let's all rally around you and just be as, as supportive as we can. And just our goal is to pour love, hope, inspiration, courage, confidence, all that stuff, because we all need more of it, right? I mean, I don't think anybody has like, I got too much of that, right? So it's the goal of just bringing us all together and elevating yeah. us to our highest purpose and our calling in our life. So thank you so much, Tara, for just this incredible conversation, you. sharing your heart and your vulnerability. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rachel. Absolutely. Hey there. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode of the Confident Woman Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode as much as I did, please be sure to like, subscribe, and leave us a review. Thanks again for listening. 